Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Pastor Brian, and today's episode is another one of those training topics from the discipleship track that you can find online. Now, you'll notice there are several different discipleship tracks to choose from, and in this particular conversation, once again, I was with uh, my fighter pilot small group, so we went through the military discipleship track, but again, uh, some of the concepts here, the topics that we're talking about here uh, are similar no matter which track you choose, because we're talking about topic number four and five and six, kind of that second module in the discipleship track, which is all about helping someone trust Jesus for salvation. So I talked about this with my guys, and we really had a good sort of a training conversation as they're getting ready to disciple some people in their life. And so I hope you enjoy it as you listen in on this. And remember, if if you need to trust Jesus for salvation for yourself, make sure to do that with a group or a mentor. So before we get into these four, these three topics, let me just remind you that the differences in the in the different editions, so the military edition is what we're looking at at the moment, it, the, the main difference is, you know, some of these topics are a little bit different, right? Um, but but when, where it says more warm-ups, those are going to mix in military content. Or if you're doing the couples version, it's going to mix in couples content. Or if you're doing the men's version, it'll mix in men's content, right? Um, so that even though the topics themselves like topics four through six for most of these tracks are pretty much the same videos, but, but the real difference in the track comes in the, the more content, right? So more honoring God, this is all, this is mixing in military content. So the track that you start with might look similar to any other track, but actually as you expand stuff, you'll notice it is a little different. So I just want to make sure you guys were aware of that. But having said that topics four, five, and six, um, are the same here as you would get on the small group track or the men's track or the women's track for the most part. So what it is in, in general terms, topic four is talking about sin. So you're introducing the concept of sin. Topic five is you're introducing the person of Jesus. And topic six is where we, this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is where we talk about starting a relationship with God by trusting Jesus. So topic six is really a, a key topic that you're working toward. And you'll notice that there's a sinner's prayer in this topic. Now, there's nothing magical about a sinner's prayer. But it is, I think it is helpful as a marker in a person's life, if you're going to lead them to faith, that you be prepared to lead them in a sinner's prayer. So... That's kind of the overview. So it's, it's, we talk about sin, we talk about the person of Jesus, and then we talk about trusting Jesus for salvation. So I don't know if you noticed, but when, you talk to, when we talk about the person of Jesus, we're really not getting too much into his death and resurrection. We're talking about who he is. And then because the death and resurrection and, and the saving faith concept is brought in on topic six. Any questions about that before we sort of dive into each of these topics? So Brian, I haven't used um, the Pursue God tools to, to lead somebody to faith. I've only trained other guys to do it. When yeah. you, have you done that like fully with someone? I have. Yeah. I, you know what we used to, I don't know if you, if you've been, Alex, you would know this, but, and maybe a couple of you guys who've been around Alpine, topic six is foundations, truth one. And so 
I've led many, we've at Alpine, we've led many people to faith through this topic. But really what we've done with the track is we've expanded it out a little bit. Because what happens is if you try to get to sin and Jesus and salvation all in one conversation, it's a little bit overwhelming. And it, it feels like you kind of have to rush it. And so I've led many people to faith through topic six, but I think it's easier to do it in a relational context where you're taking a few weeks to set up sin, to set up who Jesus is, and then and now you go in for the kill <laughs> and you're talking about trusting Jesus for salvation. So do you do you find that they're ready to go like week to week to week, four, five, six? Uh, what? Or um, is it that you need to do more topics on trusting Jesus? You know, like, yeah, it, so, is it complete yep. after just the three weeks or do you need to do more? I think that, that that's a really good question. And I think it's going to depend. What I typically, what I do, I wouldn't really move on to the, to the trust out of the warm up section to the trusting Jesus section if I don't feel like they're ready for it. So to me, that's probably the bigger question is how do you know when someone's ready to move from warmups to actually start, get on the trajectory to eventually talk to them about trusting Jesus for salvation? You know, and so I guess what I would say to that is if they're, if they're into it and if they're hungry, go for it. You might be surprised that they're more ready than you think. Right. There might, there's probably a tendency in most of us, probably people listening to the podcast, there's a tendency to, you know, beat around the bush. And I don't know if they're really ready. I don't want to offend them. I don't, you know, but again, if you're, if you're in, in a relationship with someone where they're willing to go through this track with you, there's already a readiness for them to have some trajectory, you know? And so then once you get to the trusting Jesus section, I think you're, 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 pray, <clears throat> you're praying for them as you're talking through these topics. That's really important, by the way. Before you even talk about what is sin, spend the week in prayer, maybe even fast for them, and pray that God would open their heart to really understand sin and that the Holy Spirit would apply these questions to their lives, right? And then, and same thing when you're talking about Jesus, be ready to talk about who Jesus is and answer their basic questions about who Jesus is. And, and as, you're, as you're doing topic five, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to work on their heart so that by the time we get to topic six, not, this is when you better be praying and fasting. <laughs> you know, if, if you're not sure if they're a believer, you just say, Lord, open their heart, you know, to respond to you in faith. And then just be faithful and ready to lead them to that point. Now, Alex, I will say that you might go through it and, and there might be some sort of fundamental questions that they keep having, let's say, after you do topic five. And, you, and so at that point, you might say, hey, before we get to topic six, um, there were a couple of questions you had about the Trinity or there, was a, there were some questions about, about Jesus and the person of Jesus. And so maybe pick like the 10 facts that prove the supremacy of Christ or maybe they got hung up on the sin thing. And so maybe spend some time on, you know, is my sin really a problem? Um, 
right? So that's kind of the reason we have these extra topics here. These are sort of hand-picked topics that we think are helpful when you're going through this module. But I would say if you feel like they're, they're there, they're present, they're learning, they're engaged, like kind of go into this module with the expectation that when you get to topic six, they, they'll be ready to trust Jesus with you for salvation. Now, Brian, if you're doing this in a small group, say, do you kind of hold everyone back because there's one or two that are still kind of holding on, or do you have sidebars with them? Do you meet with them during the week? Do you meet with them privately? Or do you just mm -hmm. continue to have the group go through it to with them together? Again, I think that depends, uh, but I think if the group is in it with you and the group gets what you're doing, then you're, you can model for the group how to lead someone to faith. As a small group leader, that's where you have to make the decision. Is this a teaching moment for the whole group? You know, we got John over here that really needs to spend some time on, on one of these other topics. Like, uh, it could be that it's the best thing you could do for your group is to let them experience it with you, right, as you're going through it. But it might be that there's like a fundamental sin problem <laughs> that one of the guys has that you don't want to deal with in front of everybody else, right? Yeah, I think that's depends. You, yeah, I think it kind of depends. Yep. Any Gary, other questions about that kind of in general terms? Are you guys hearing a really weird scratching sound? Yeah. I was hearing it just a minute ago. Okay. Yeah, Thud, I think it might be your uh, ear thing or whatever, like when you talk for whatever reason. I, I don't know. It only happens when you've got it unmuted. So let's go through topic four real quick. Let's talk about talking about sin, okay? So we, here's how we define sin in, in the resources. Sin is defined as going your own way, trusting and acting on your own opinions and feelings instead of on God's truth. Uh, agree, disagree, what would you add to that definition of sin? Let's talk about that for a second. I'm trying to find the, the Bible project. I think you linked that on one of the other ones. The Bible project definition of sin is a, another great resource. It is. That, that is a good one. Let me see. It should be in here. If it's not, we'll make sure it is. I've seen it on one of the other discipleship tracks. I think maybe it's just the basic pursuit. Yeah. I'll make sure to, you know what I'll do? I'll make sure that that shows up down here under more on trusting Jesus. Cause that was a good resource. It should be, should be in that list. So naturally, the Bible teaches that every human being is infected at the core with a sinful nature. So there's scriptures for all this, right? And then sin brings brokenness into our personal lives, our culture, and our world. So as you think about leading someone through these questions, I, I really like question three. Because one of the things you're doing when you're discipling someone is you're trying, to, you're trying to listen to them. You're not just trying to be the teacher. And so, we, you know, we write these questions with that in mind. You know, question two, how does this video define sin, which is that first key point? 
But then the second question is, how would you define it? And I think let, let someone answer that. How would you define sin? How would you anticipate someone might answer that, that you're bringing through this track? Who gets to decide what sin is? Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's a pretty contemporary. That would be a contemporary statement, wouldn't it be? Everybody likes the idea that everything is relative. So if it's not against the law, you know, is, is that a sin? Mm. I can see people. Yeah, that might. Go ahead, Chill. I can see people naming off, you know, all the big, easy, terrible sins mm -hmm. um, and, and probably be pretty surprised that anger is associated with murder and yeah lust is associated with adultery and those types of you know not as apparent sins i guess yeah and that's really what question five is getting at read galatians 5 19 through 21 and the question is, why do you think there's such a wide variety of sins listed here? And what would you add to the list? And so the idea here is, you know, again, if you look at this list, it starts with pretty intense sins, sexual immorality, but then it ends with pretty common sins like quarreling and jealousy. Drunkenness. So what would you do with this verse if you're discipling someone? How would you minister this verse to somebody or this, or this question with this verse? I could see asking if they um, have trouble with any of those. Yeah. Why do you think there's such a wide variety of sin? Why do you think God listed such a wide variety? Because people love to rationalize. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the own bad guy. So like, you know, that's one of the things everybody says in society now, like you're entitled to your emotions and you can't help how you feel. <laughs> Turns out you can. So God probably has to list them all off. Otherwise we would just rationalize everything. Okay, so did he list them all off? Is this a comprehensive list? No, but I think it, I'd be hard-pressed to not find pretty much everything that we deal with uh, listed somewhere in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really like question five. I think that's a great... Again, remember, one of your goals here when you're discipling someone is you want to... You're exposing them to this concept and you're letting them discover the truth of it. You're not just trying to teach and cram. You're exposing them to the concept of sin and you're, you're kind of shoulder to shoulder with, with that person or people helping them discover the biblical concept of sin. So be ready to, to discover something new yourself, even as you do it. Right. So question, all these questions I think are good, but question five is a great one. I would, 
I would really go through, I would try to get to that question. But before that, question three is a good one too, on a scale of one, Mother Teresa to 10, Hitler, how bad of a sinner are you? To me, that's a great, that's a great question. And then, and then the follow-up question, how do you think someone else would rate you? Well, and then the follow-up is what, what level do you have to achieve to get into heaven? Mm. You know, what's good. God's standard? Yeah, that's great. What's, what's your answer to that? Yeah, it depends which way the, the scale's going. <laughs> Zero, and it's not possible, so you need the bridge, Jesus. That's, that's right. Yeah, and bear in mind that we're not, this is the tricky part of this, is we're not actually getting to that yet. You know, this whole topic is just a setup topic, yeah. right? It, I mean, it ends with sin brings brokenness into our personal lives, into our culture and our world. So the kind of the idea is question seven is for next week, taking an honest look at your own life and identify a few areas of brokenness that you need to address. That's cool. And I would encourage you to really do it unless, unless you just feel like, like they're so broken and ready to respond. You can just go straight to topic six, right? I mean, there's nothing keeping you from doing that, but I think, kind of go into it with the expectation that you're opening up the conversation about sin. And, you know, question six, a good one. How have you seen sin derail your life or that of someone, you know, that's a great question. And it, and it comes out of this third point that sin brings brokenness into our personal lives, into our culture and into the world. Right? So Romans six twenty three: the wages of sin is death. And we're really only focused on the first part of that verse now you can tip off the second part of that verse, which gets, which we're going to get to in the next couple topics, but it's okay to let them. I feel like it's okay to let them sit in there. You like mull over question seven for, for the next week. Any other questions or comments about topic four? When you come back together, the next time, do you start with uh, like that, you know, seven? What, uh, you know, do you pick up right there with what have you been thinking about this week? Yeah, I think that's a great, in this particular case, because it is kind of, um, you know, each topic builds on the, on the last one. It'd be good to say, did you make your list? Are you still working on it? Now, it's interesting to note, let me just close this down. When, once you get into who is Jesus, we're not actually talking about what he did to solve the sin problem yet. So I think it'd be good to say, do you have that list? I pull it out or whatever. I'm still working on it. Say, great. We're, we'll talk about that more next week. Because really that's where it'll fit better. It'll fit better in topic six, right? Because in topic six, we're talking about the basic sin problem that keeps everyone from a rich and satisfying life. So you can pull the list out. You can have them pull the list out. Maybe pull yours out too and say, how have, let's go through some of these sins and how has that kept you from this rich and satisfying life that Jesus came to bring in John 10.10? 10? 
So you can link topic four to this first point in topic six. But this intervening topic is important because if we're going to get, if we're going to talk about trusting Jesus for salvation in topic six, we better know who Jesus is. And that's what topic five is about. So any other questions about topic four before we move into this one? I don't know. I seem to have had some opportunities where you get to talking about one thing and next thing you know, it's been like three hour conversation. <laughs> There's no reason you can't just keep rolling. Like, yeah, it's true. Five into six. Absolutely. Yep. Just going to make sure I'm not violating the website policy by going directly from <laughs> without a minimum period of time. Saving lives. No. There's no website policy you're violating. You might possibly be violating a, a law of God, but certainly not a website policy. No, actually, that's it's more biblical to do that. Just keep going, right? I mean, you look through the book of Acts, and we see, we see people hearing the gospel and trusting Jesus right away and getting baptized right away. So go for it. Let's talk about who Jesus is real quick. So here's the structure of this topic. Um, basically, again, what we're talking about is we're talking about the, the, the deity of Christ, in essence, here. And, and one of the reasons we do that is because we want to make sure someone understands the basic biblical information about Jesus so that when they trust Jesus in topic six, they're trusting the right Jesus. You know, they're not trusting some lesser version of, of Jesus, which doesn't save. So uh, Jesus' life didn't begin at birth. His, he claimed that he was one with God. He claimed that he existed as God forever. And, and he claimed to have all the authority of God. Do we need to go through some of this together? and talk through how you would articulate these points. So Brian, I, I don't want to skip ahead, but I know uh, topic five, I don't know that I would articulate that one as well as I should be able to from the impact side of the house. So that was the, the one that stood out to me like, ah, I might have a little trouble saying this well. Yeah, it's good. Um, again, I would say, let, let the, let the scripture say it, right? Let the questions say it. And again, the, these key points, we're always just tweaking them a little bit to make them better. But the basic idea here is you're just trying to make sure that someone has a biblical understanding of Jesus. You know, if they're coming out of secular society they might think jesus is just a good teacher or a or a prophet or something right or if they're coming out of a of a cult like mormonism they think jesus is like a big brother you know so it's important that they understand that jesus is god in essence um you know that he's perfect and sinless and that he that he's god he always has been god so one of the, I think one of the questions maybe that will come up is the, the idea of the doctrine of the Trinity. And notice we don't actually get into that here. 
it might be that that issue comes up. Like that someone would say, well, wait, is, so is Jesus God or is God God? How would you answer that? I'd say, let's watch the Trinity video. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, let's make sure that that's down here. <laughs> I, I might need to put I might need to put some Trinity more Trinity stuff in here too. Let's see. Uh -oh. Yeah, it's not it's not in there, so we'll make sure to put that in there. My my kids have this children's book that is a really good analogy of the Trinity. It's an apple. So it walks through like the seeds, the flesh, and the skin of the apple, and how they're all apple. But they're all, you know, kind of different. I have to go find it to articulate it well, but some sort of analogy, kind of like that, in the hip pocket. Yeah, the, I think that's okay, except that technically most analogies are heretical. Yeah. Be <clears throat> because analogies always break down because it's just too what i always like to say here's how i here's how i if so if you need to talk about the trinity if that's like a deal breaker for, for someone by the way it shouldn't it shouldn't you shouldn't feel compelled to make it a deal breaker for someone I, i'll say the main thing you want to make sure someone gets out of topic five is that they understand that jesus is god that's the main thing they don't have to articulate it. They don't have, or they don't have to articulate the Trinity. They don't have to, you know, be a great theologian to get on to the next topic. But it's important that they understand and profess that Jesus is God, right? So, but if it does come to talking about the Trinity, I always like to explain it like this, four words. Uh, the Trinity is that God exists as one being in three persons. So one being three persons. So the sense in which God is one is his being or his essence. The sense in which God is three is his personhood. So the three persons are God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God the Son, 2,000 years ago, took on flesh. And, and that, that's when we started calling him Jesus. But before that, God the Son existed and God the Son existed before creation existed. That's what John 1, 1 through 3 is saying. So the, the, <clears throat> the, the word, capital W, is talking about Jesus there. So it doesn't say in the beginning Jesus existed, because technically Jesus was the name that was attached to the incarnational Son of God. Now, again, you don't have to get into all these details when you're talking to somebody. But what's important for them to understand is that, that God the Son always, always was one with God, existed as God forever, right? Jesus existed as God forever. And that's what John eight fifty eight talks about when he says, before Abraham was born, I am. He's referencing God, the name of God in Genesis chapter three, the, the I am, the Yahweh, which was a name for God. So Jesus is clearly claiming to be God. And to be a follower of Jesus, you have to believe his claim. And so that's the point of topic number five. So if you, if you feel like you're getting in the weeds with the Trinity thing or whatever, I think that, I think the main thing you want to get them to is, um, do, do you believe that Jesus is God? Right. And that's what question three is getting to. 
why is it important to believe that Jesus is fully God? And how would it impact Christianity if, you, if, it, if he were something less? How would you answer that? Or is it important? Well, I mean, I think I would say the reason it's important is because our paramount verses that define salvation and who you're believing in um, all point back to Jesus. So if Jesus was something less than God, you'd be putting your faith in a non-omnipotent being. So how would he, how would he sort of have the power to, to do what it is that you're talking about? Yeah, that's good. If he didn't raise from the dead, then he's still dead. Mm -hmm. so how are you going to follow? I mean, that's, that's kind of cultish. You're saying, I'm going to follow this guy to death, and then he's dead, and mm -hmm. the leader's gone, versus like he's alive today, and it's a relationship daily with him because he is alive. Yeah, and technically in top, topic five, we're not really, I think when I think about Jesus, I break it into two things, his person and his work. When I think about the personhood of Jesus, the important things are that he was sinless, that he is God, you know, that he's not God junior. He's not like JV God. You know, he's not, a pro, not just a prophet. He's, he's the Messiah. He's God. Um, he's all powerful. Um, you know, he has the authority of God. So it, it, that's his person. And then the second, the second thing that's important we get to in topic six, which is his work. The work of Jesus is that second point there in topic six, that he, he fixed the human problem through his death and resurrection. So the person, I would say he was, he's God, he's perfect. He's, he's fully human, fully, fully God, right? So that's kind of the person side. And then the work side is his death and resurrection. And so I think it's important if you're going to lead someone to faith that they understand just in very basic terms, they understand his person and his work. Does that make sense? So topic five is his personhood. And it says, by the way, in the last question is spend some time investigating the claims of Jesus before next week's meetings. And so, again, you can click on more on trusting Jesus. Who did Jesus think he was? Who is Jesus? Five proofs that Jesus is God. Ten facts that prove the supremacy of Christ. Um, make sure you get Jesus right. So we're, you know, we're just <clears throat> the person and work of Jesus is obviously fu fundamental to the Christian faith. And we want to make sure that we at least start addressing those things for someone. Don't, again, you don't have to feel like you need to bring them through this deep theology class, but you want to make sure that if you're going to, if you're going to get to topic six and you're eventually going to invite them to trust Jesus for salvation, that they're, tr that they're trusting the, the correct picture of Jesus. Any other questions or comments about that?
So then that leads to topic six. And this is, the, this is basically how to start a relationship with God, which is by trusting Jesus. So this is basically the gospel, right? This is topic six is when we're sharing the gospel. Everything else has been a setup for the gospel. And now you're sharing the gospel. Every human being has a basic problem that keeps them from this John 10, 10 life, a rich and satisfying life. Jesus fixed the problem through his death and resurrection, right? So uh, some good verses for that. And then your relationship with God begins when you personally trust Jesus for salvation. So the structure of this, I think of this in three, in three parts, the problem, the solution, and the response. So the problem is our sin. The solution is Jesus's death and resurrection. And our response is to trust Jesus personally for salvation. And all three of those things are important, that you understand the problem, that you understand the solution, Jesus, and then that you personally respond to his solution. Because if you don't personally respond to it, it does nothing for you. And that personal response, one of the ways to help someone with that is, is with a sinner's prayer like the one listed here. Let me just stop for a second and let you guys ask any questions that you have about leading someone through topic six with this framework. Have you ever found that you get here um, and they're kind of, you know, they're on board, they're on board, they're on board. And then you get to the sinner's prayer and it says, I'm turning from my sin now. Um, and they say, they don't think they can do it. Uh, yes, actually I have. And I, what I try to do is, I, it doesn't happen in, this, in the prayer. It happens before the prayer. <laughs> you know, when, when, when I say, are you, like, do you want to turn from your sins and turn to Christ? And if I, if I sense that, no, they don't really want to, you know, they, they're still embracing their sin, then I do not lead them in a sinner's prayer. Got it. And I, I think that's important because the last thing we want to do is give someone, you know, this false sense of assurance of salvation. If they, if they genuinely love their sin and don't want to turn from it, you know, because I think salvation requires not just the right information, but it also requires the right attitude. And that biblical word for the right attitude is repentance, the attitude of repentance. And if I don't sense that, in fact, I think there might be a, under helping others, let's see. I know there's one in here saying um, how to know if someone's ready for their defining moments. You can, you can scroll through there and look for it. And it talks through this very concept um, where you talk about, you know, is someone ready for that faith moment? Is, is someone ready to trust Jesus for salvation or not? And um, it's in there somewhere. And it's really, it's, I think it's an important topic to consider. What I would say to you, if you're going to lead someone through topic six, especially if you're going to lead them through the sinner's prayer, is, is in the rare case where they clearly are not interested in turning from their sins, turning from their sin lifestyle, I, I just wouldn't really lead them through that yet.
have you had conversely someone that's like right ahead and they're like, yeah, I want to, I want to do this. Do you find yourself trying to like talk them out of it? You know, like, are you sure you know what this means? And no, I, I don't do that. I, I don't overthink it. I try to keep it simple because I think that's the model in scripture. I think people presented the gospel. I think a great example of this, I'm going to, I'm going to pull this up. Can you guys still see my screen here? A really good example of this. In fact, I encourage you to, to um, maybe to read this and, and pray through this this next week. It's in Acts chapter 2. Let's see. After Peter's very first sermon. So he preaches this sermon. You, go, go, you can go read his sermon, but it's basically very Christocentric. He's preaching about Jesus and who Jesus is. And look, verse 32, God raised Jesus from the dead, right? So the resurrection. And so he's exalted to the to God's right hand, and um, so let everyone in Israel know that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. So you'll notice it's just basic gospel truth in his first sermon, but in verse thirty-seven it says that Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to the other apostles, "Brothers, what should we do?" And that verse thirty-seven to me this embodies. The, the heart that you're looking for in someone you're discipling is if they have just a simple heart that says, in essence, I believe this. I believe that Jesus is God. I believe that, I, I believe that he went to the cross and he died for my sins. And I want to give myself to him. I'm ready to do it. I wouldn't overthink it. I think then you lead them in, in the sinner's prayer and you celebrate with them their new life in Christ. But if you sense from them some hesitancy, if you sense from them just a desire, like not really a, desire, a heart for God, but a heart more just, I don't know, like they're checking off a box by meeting with you, I think in that case I would, I would maybe wait and keep meeting with them. This is what I'm looking for, this Acts 2.37 heart. I'm looking for... I'm looking for my relationship with them as I cover these topics and God's word softening their heart and piercing their heart so that they might not use these words, but, but I want to be able to sense this, this resolution in their soul, this brothers, what should we do resolution? Because then Peter just said, repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized. So he didn't overthink it, right? He, he recognized the work of the Holy Spirit in their hearts by their response, and he just and he just went through and helped them put their faith in Christ. And that's how I would approach this topic. And I would approach it with prayer, right? So all three of these topics, I'm gonna, as I'm bringing someone through, especially someone that I know is not a believer yet, I'm 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 really prayerfully approaching this with them. I'm praying for them. Over the, over the period that I'm meeting with them, especially on these topics. Hey, Ron, a question for you. Yep. So if uh, you're meeting one-on-one and he's not ready, or that person's not ready to give their life over yet, do you just continue on with the more on trusting Jesus series? So that's part one. Yeah. Part two is, is if you're meeting yep. a small group, do you continue on with that one person hanging out there or – you kind of like the same question we talked before. Is this the moment where you continue to go on the next arrow or not? 
so I personally wouldn't go on to the honoring God arrow. Um, if someone, if I feel like someone is still sort of hung up on the trusting Jesus stuff, uh, because a lot of the honoring God stuff is we're, we're talking about someone whose heart has been transformed. Um, and again, I just wouldn't, I mean, I guess you could move on to that, but I, I would almost rather just back up to some of the warm up topics, you know, and do some more warm up topics. Or I might even back up a thud in that case if I feel like, okay, wait, we're kind of stuck here. Like, I don't think they're quite ready. Maybe they even say that, hey, I'm not really ready to trust Jesus yet for salvation. It seems like a big step. Maybe you can even just say, what are some things, what are some topics you, that you would want to go through with me on your way to that? Right? And so maybe he's like, well, he, you know, I've got some theological questions. So in that case, I would just go back to go to find a topic and I would go to the theology start page, right? Or maybe they would say, you know what, I'm just right now, I'm just interested in, in being a better dad, right? So I'd say, okay, that's fine. Let's just kind of go back. Why don't we just, why don't we, or maybe go to the men's page, right? Or, well, why don't we go to the parenting page and let's cover some parenting topics, you know? I mean, if they're, if they're, if you, if you sense that they still want a relationship with you, they appreciate that you're investing in them, that they're just, for whatever reason, they're not really ready to trust Jesus for salvation. I probably wouldn't stick around in the discipleship track because remember the discipleship track is directional. It's about helping them go around the circle and maybe they're still in the place where they just want another guy speaking into their life. Right. But they don't really, they're not sure what they think about this Christianity thing. Does that make sense? That's what I would personally do because the discipleship track is all about being directional toward helping them go full circle. That's what a discipleship track is all about. It's about getting them around the circle. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's all about the trajectory of that. So if you feel like at, at some point they're just not quite ready for the trajectory, just, you know, back off and do warm up topics or do flex do flex talk with them or, or, you know, do some content from one of the startup pages. Does that answer your question or is that, it, did, am I missing your, your real no, question? That, that was, that was the question. And then again, what do you do with a group? Do you, if you've got say five men in there or four couples and you've got one hanging on, do you continue on? Uh, again, I guess it depends. Yeah, I think in a small group, you're, yeah, I mean, you're, you don't want to kill your small group for the sake of that one guy. So that might be where you go one-on-one -on -one with that guy. Or, you know, it's, guys, it's also not bad just if they're not ready, just release them. I mean, there are times when, you know, you feel like you've, only, you've invested in them as much as you're able to, and they're just not, for whatever reason, they're just not ready. They're just not ready. And maybe they don't even really want to keep meeting. And that's fine. That's not your... It's not on you. You can't make someone pursue God. You know, so there, are, there are, have been a couple of guys where I've just said, hey, it just seems like maybe you're not, you're not interested in this, and that's fine. Uh, um, why don't we just, you know, if, if, you're, if you're interested in this again at some point in the future, you've got my number, man, reach out. And I've, I've released many, many men from this obligation to meet with me. 
but I, I've left it on good terms. I've kept the bridge open to that. And I didn't shame them, you know. Sometimes it's really obvious because they don't show up. <laughs> and so you just, you just say, hey, um, obviously this isn't, this isn't working or, or whatever. You haven't come for the last couple of weeks, and that's cool. You know, you know my number. Reach out if you ever want to pick up pick up on this again, right? You st you don't you never know what the work of God is going to be in their life to bring them back to you on their knees, and they say, "Can we do this again?" And that's happened to me before too. Hey Brian, I have two questions. Uh, I yep. stepped away. I had to step away for a phone call I had to take that. I've been trying to get a hold of my brother-in-law for two days and he finally called. So I had to step away. But uh, <clears throat> when you, when you've um, discipled guys and you, you've gone through the tracks, have you, would you say you've done that more in person or on using the zoom app or kind of what's the breakdown there and, and what, how effective mm -hmm. has it been each way? Yeah. I don't actually use the zoom app except for with you guys. Okay. Um, typically when I do it remotely, I just do it on a phone call. Okay. One-on-one -on -one phone calls are fantastic. Mm -hmm. I have found for men, they're really, it's almost like it like removes a certain barrier mm -hmm. um, for some men that would be awkward for them to sort of sit and look at you mm -hmm. face to face. Not all men, but certainly men who aren't, who aren't maybe who haven't grown up in the church if it's, it's a little bit of a lower bar to say, hey, let's do this. It's just a 30-minute phone call every week or every other week. I'll send you the topic. You watch it ahead of time, and I'll give you a call at such and such a time, and we'll just talk about it. We'll just talk through the questions, mm -hmm. you know? Um, have you, it, um, like, to go through the well. content, have you, have you had, if you're on the phone, do you have that individual call up? the website and kind of walk through it with them or are you, are you just doing all voice? Yeah. So what I do is I'll, I'll share, I'll, I'll text the link to them and then I'll just like what I'm doing right now. I'll have the link up while I'm talking to them. And usually they'll do the same thing. I can tell that they're doing the same thing. Okay. You know, in some cases guys have shown up with a page full of notes hmm. and they're there's, and I can tell that they're like, wow, they're into this and they're like, they're growing and like they're honored that I would invest in them. And so they're going to give it their best effort, which is really cool. And some, not all guys do that, but some guys I've been surprised to see that. And, and one of the cool things that happens is they start digging around at the other content on the site and then, and they're coming in with more information than that one five minute topic video, which is great. Yeah, that's good. So second question, and again, I apologize if you guys talked about this, but just to um, get, the con get the conversation started, you know, I'm, you know I, I feel like we may have touched on this in previous meetings, but, um, how, you know, techniques on how to do that, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think the way I sort of see this happening is somebody, you, you know, you're sees something about you that they're attracted to that, you know, mm -hmm. and they want, they want to know more about it. And that could be a, 
uh, an avenue to say, well, hey, you know, I've, I've got this tool that, you know, we can maybe talk about some of that and how, how I, you know, got to my faith to a point where it is now or so. I mean, you know what I mean? So how did, mm-hmm. that first step, I'm trying to figure that piece out. Yeah, I think that, so that we call that the invite, right? So the three main tasks of a disciple maker is to invite and then invest and then empower. And the invite from, in my mind is by far the hardest. Yeah. Cause that's the part that you have to get over in yourself. And so it depends on the person. Um, there are different ways to invite. Um, but I think like Pinto, you were talking about your brother. I think what your idea was a great one to say, yeah. Hey, would you be willing to get on the phone and, or whatever you, you want to go through this thing with me? Yeah. Um, so for him, that could work for a guy, thud for a guy at church, you know, I think it's just maybe go, these guys know if they know you're a fighter pilot, they're going to be like, they're probably going to be a couple guys that'd be thrilled to meet with you. And you just say, Hey, do you have anyone discipling you? No, yeah. no, I don't. You want it? Can I, can I bring you through some stuff? I'd love, I'd love to do that with like, yeah. who knows, pray and, and see what God would speak to you about how to invite someone into sure. a relationship, you know? Okay. But I will say this about the invite, and this especially is true for men. If they are unclear on what you're doing, they're not going to want to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. You can't trick them into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think if what I say to guys is, and you have to practice this, but I say it's super simple I'll send you a link every week and you watch the short video. I'll watch the short video and we just have a conversation about it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And so it's gotta be like, Oh, okay. I think I could do that. Like who knows what it means to most guys, right? What does discipleship mean? What is right? See you Leroy. So anyway, Good question, okay. though. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's good. And I, I think we've touched on some of that in the past, but, mm-hmm. I think it, you know, it came, to, came to my mind again with this, like, just getting going and how do you, how do you launch into this? It's good. And one other thing I'll say about that, Pinto, is I wouldn't necessarily start with a discipleship track right off the bat. Yeah. I, yeah. I would start with just a couple of interesting topics that kind of like warm-up topics that could sure. get you started. Yeah. The discipleship okay. track is when you feel like they're ready to be more directional. Right. 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 When you, if you feel like, okay, they're there. So some of the guys you're thinking of are probably already there, yeah. but like my neighbor, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring my neighbor through a discipleship track. I probably would do some fatherhood topics with them or some parenting topics. Yeah. You know? Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Any other questions about that guys? So that's the Trusting Jesus module. Uh, Next time we get on, we'll talk about the Honoring God module, which is actually a lot easier because now you're talking about uh, the work of the Spirit in your life and the fruit of the Spirit and how to read your Bible. And to me, that's a pretty easy track, I think, or module. The the tough modules are modules two and four. Because two is where you're talking about trusting Jesus, which, which is intimidating for most Christians to think about leading someone to Christ. But it's so rewarding if you do it. Mm-hmm.